Welcome to the Enneagram Enthusiast Podcast. My name is Ryan. So thankful that you joined us today. We have a special guest that we'll get to in just a moment, but wanted to update you guys on some great things that have been happening here. First of all, we are so thankful to everyone who has joined our community over on Instagram and other social media platforms. You guys rock. You guys have come in the numbers. No kidding, we are just astounded by everything and so thankful for it all. As we continue to grow, we're going to continue to do all we can to bring out the resources to help you on your Enneagram journey. The other big announcement is that Sierra has moved over to Sydney, Australia. That's right, Sydney, Australia, on the other side of the world from where we were originally at here in Palm Springs, California. She's going to Hillsong College over there. So we're now doing this on two separate continents, on two different hemispheres, really, and it's exciting. Uh, Many new adjustments with all of that and with her acclimating to the new world over there and the new life and the new schedule and this horrendous time difference that we're experiencing We're going to get back to our podcast together shortly, but in the meantime, we have so many great podcasts coming up with some wonderful guests that we have in store for you guys. One of those being today, we're going to hear from the interview that we sat down with our good friend Lynette Lynn of Enneagram Coaching Solutions. She is an Enneagram aide, and she has such an incredible passion for the Enneagram and how it's changed her life. In today's episode, part one, we're going to get into how she discovered the Enneagram, how it's changed her life, what she does to bring the gospel into the Enneagram, and more about her coaching and what she does in that. Enjoy part one of our interview with Lynette Lynn. Well, I want to welcome Lynette Lynn and Kelly McFadden of Enneagram Coaching Solutions. So happy that you guys are here with us. We're excited because... It was funny, I was walking down El Paseo here in Palm Desert with my dog in the morning, and I'm going through Instagram, and I'm scrolling through, and you guys made a post on your account there, and you put the city, Indian Wells, and I'm like, huh, I wonder if these guys actually live here, or if they are just like visiting, and they just put that, you know, as the city that they're in right now, so I messaged you guys, and so happy to find out that you guys actually live here. Uh, because Sierra and I, um, starting this up, we had just started this thing, That's like right. just like within that month, mm-hmm. and we're like, who do we talk to about the enneagram? <laughs> Who's here that we can that we can we can find and and mm-hmm. uh, talk to and hopefully you know collaborate with? Yeah. If we live in the same area, all these ideas. I get ideas all the time. Me too. So, yeah. so with that being said, welcome, and I'm so Thank glad you. that you guys are on here. And I just wanted basically start off let's go into it like how did you guys discover the Enneagram well first of all I want to just thank you for letting us come on and I loved the day that we met at the coffee shop yes just the three of Uh us talking I I mean obviously there's that heart connection because of Jesus but Mm -hmm. also just that connection of the Enneagram and talking to other people that are passionate and also understand it so I love that conversation and I remember we were in the middle of a big event at our church and had to put everything on hold. So it's nice to pick it back up again with you. Uh So thanks again for inviting us. Absolutely. You know, for me, the Enneagram, I had a friend, I remember I had gone over to her house and she had asked me if I knew anything about the Enneagram. And the reason she was asking me, because she had just um, had a situation where she, she was a three and saw 
all her threeness come out in its oh, glory. That's and, hard to deal with. Yeah. And so she was kind of sharing that with me, and I was just fascinated by that. And so I went home as soon as I left her place, went home and found the first short online you know, assessment I could take. And it popped me up as a three, actually. So I read some of the through some of the three stuff, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I can, I can see some of that, yeah. but wasn't fully um, connected with it. So then I decided to shell out the twelve dollars and pay the money to Enneagram Institute yes. to take their super long assessment. And when it, I took the assessment, it popped up as an eight. So that was a whole different deal. Did that surprise you? That surprised me, and I did not have a good reaction to it because as I read through the description, my first thing that came up is, I'm not a bully. Like, that, isn't that funny? Yeah. But that was all I'm like, I read this and I just see bully, and I am not a bully. So there was that, that piece. But then as I read through the description, it resonated with me so much that it almost hurt. And, you know, a fun fact that I've heard other Enneagram masters talk about is usually if you read your description, it's the one that... Makes you cringe. Yes, that (laughs) you hate the most is probably the one that's you. And so that was really true for me as I read through it. Mm -hmm. What are some aspects that you're going through when you're reading through the test there and not really knowing exactly what it was before and realizing you're probably an eight, Mm -hmm. what are some things as an eight that stuck out to you? You know, I, because what I zoomed in on was the core motivators, you know, which is like Uh core fears, core Mm -hmm. desires, um, the core longing, the weaknesses. So the core fear part um, for an eight, you know, just to share a few things is they do not want to be seen as weak. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be seen as powerless. They definitely don't want to be controlled or manipulated. Yeah. And injustice infuriates them, you know, and That's I That's one of the biggest factors I've yes. seen in many AIDS is yeah. the injustice factor. Yeah. 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 And willing, you know, to die on the hill for causes, you mm-hmm. know. So as I read through that, all of that, I, it, it, that part really resonated with me. But um, the core longing for an eight... Like everything they, why all their defenses go into mode the way they do is that they don't want to be betrayed. Like that's their thing. And Ryan, I have to tell you, when I read that part, I literally cried because that, that's what tapped into me. And that fear of being betrayed throughout my life is why all of those, you know, defending against those core fears, why I didn't let myself be weak, you know, or... Um, just feeling like I had to be in control and the power and all of that. So that, that part of not protecting against being betrayed hit me to the core and got me, launched me into, okay, now I need to figure this out because that's, that's deep stuff, you know, yeah. when you see what the core longing is for your type. I've also, in working with people and realizing more and more about AIDS, that denial is a, a, a big factor as well. Did you have any sense of Denial as they read their type or? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but also just in general, like as a coping mechanism in some sense. Yes, oh, absolutely. And I think that's the piece that keeps you moving forward. As you know, we're in the gut triad, so we're always moving forward by our gut. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to, to some extent, deny in order to be able to keep moving forward, you know, and storming the world. There you go. A lot of people see the Enneagram as... Uh, like this personality profile, go take a test. You know, there's so many out there. There's so many out there. 
if you could just speak into why you think the Enneagram is more of a life tool than just some personality quiz that people take. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a coach. You, you got certified with your Enneagram coach, uh, Beth McCord, and went through all of that stuff. You know a lot about this stuff. Speak, speak to us about why this is a tool rather than just a profile. Well, first of all, I have to say that I always loved the personality assessment. Like when I took Strength Finders, you know, so reading that, saw a lot of the the behaviors and the characteristics that really resonated with me, the Myers-Briggs, the DISC, all of those things were very insightful for me behavior-wise. But what really stood out for me with the Enneagram is that it really goes deeper. It's a look on the inside. So it's that piece at looking at what the, the driving behaviors are. You know, like we talked about a minute ago with the core fears, each type has their own. So what is it that's driving you to do what you do, why mm-hmm. you do what you do? So the Enneagram really highlighting that piece of, you know, what our blind spots are, what our strengths are, you know, the sin patterns that we follow, find ourselves falling in. Doing the work from the inside out is what I saw is different. And, you know, one of the things for me, Ryan, as you know, is my heart is really to partner the gospel, the power of the gospel with the Enneagram, because I feel like, yeah, the Enneagram is a great tool, but without bringing the power of the gospel in, that lasting transformation, I think is, it's not going to be the same without, you know, um, Christ doing his work in you. So, so when I say that piece, as far as the gospel, looking at it through the lens of the gospel, do you mind if I just share a little bit about what I mean about that? So all of it, as you know, in Genesis, there's a lot of verses that talk about being created in the image of Christ, right? In the image of God. And then, of course, there's more verses throughout the entire Bible about the ima- us reflecting the image of God. Well, the cool thing about the Enneagram is every single type reflects a specific nature mm. of God. Yes. And so understanding that piece that, you know, when you were created as a three, God, he had a specific plan for you to reflect his image in that way. So understanding that piece of that was huge for me, that that this isn't about just just what's all the negative junk that's in there of my type, but how can I reflect the nature of God even more? And so the other piece of that, too, is really understanding that we all, again, like I just said, you know, we are born into that true self, who God created us to be. But when life starts coming and defenses start happening and you get stressed, we get stressed, we move towards that false self, which is that adapted self. Yes. Mm-hmm. And within that adapted self, that's when the not so nice part of our type comes up. And so understanding those two pieces for me was so critical about the Enneagram. You know, understanding that I reflect the nature of God, especially when I'm walking in that true self of who Christ, you know, created me to be, but also what do I look like when I'm not doing that? So that's how, I know that was a very long answer, but that's really how I see it different. And I assume you would agree with this, but the beauty of the Enneagram is understanding your type, understanding my type, understanding Kelly's type. We all come to a conversation with different lenses on. And I think so often in relationships, a lot of times we're trying to get the other person to come to our side to win so we can win an argument or whatever that is. But the beauty of the Enneagram, I think, is when I can see things from your perspective or Kelly's perspective, it gives me so much more compassion for you 
or anyone in the conversation. But I think that's how we start to go deeper with one another is when we feel safe, like, okay, I, I get and I accept, you know, the angle you're coming from, then we can go deeper and live that more authentic relationships with people. And that's not what we all want. That's the biggest factor I've seen in discovering the Enneagram for myself so far is that whole aspect on relationships. Mm-hmm. And whether I'm working with clients or whether I'm with my friends or with my family, I'm looking at it through a new lens now. And I'm understanding as a type four or a type seven where they're coming from, why they're thinking the way they're thinking about the experiences that they've had in their life. Uh, And it actually has helped me develop a sense of compassion a lot more because I rarely have that come out of me (laughs) for some reason. I don't know what it is inside of me, but I I lack compassion. But this, this tool, the Enneagram has really allowed that to come out a lot more uh, in, in the sense that we see people differently Mm -hmm. once we understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And isn't it changing your relationships? It is. Yes. Yeah. Like you said, deeper, Mm -hmm. fuller, more Mm -hmm. understanding. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a connection that happens there. I think, when you get around somebody who knows the Enneagram, besides just being excited that, oh my gosh, there's somebody else that knows about this, we can talk about it. Yeah. It does allow that commonality to break down the barriers and the walls. Because mm-hmm. normally I don't think you would go into a conversation with somebody and start talking about all these deeper things. That's true. But the Enneagram, because you have that connection with somebody and you have this understanding that's back and mm-hmm. forth, it kind of just breaks down those walls in a sense, I think, yeah. that allows you to go, so what happened back that you yeah. know caused you to to feel that way or act that way or, right. you know, well, where are you coming from with that in that perspective and mm-hmm. how do you see that and, and all this different stuff. And when yeah. you can approach it that way, I, I love that because you obviously you're offering more grace to the person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you've seen it too where the Enneagram being used as a weapon too. You know, oh, whether yes. it's like, oh, that's your one coming mm-hmm. out or that's your seven or, yes. you know, and that's an instant shutdown. It like, is. You know, now you've just labeled me and you no longer are hearing what I have it's to blame say. blame and shame at yeah. that point. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, it's sad to see the more people yeah. that get to know it, they're using that kind of language, mm-hmm. which yes. is unfortunate. Unfortunate. Yeah. And that's yeah. why we're here yes. to help people understand more about what it really is and, and how we can actually use it in a way that's beneficial for other people mm-hmm. and not shame and blame, but grace in yeah. all of that type of stuff. Yeah. You're obviously just uber passionate about this. How has discovering the Enneagram lit up this new passion in in your life or what you want to do with it? You know, that question, when I, the verse that comes to my mind when I think about the Enneagram and the gospel and how that all plays out is um, John 10.10. And it says, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, Mm -hmm. but that he's come to give life and to the abundant, to have it abundantly. Yeah. And... The still kill and destroy and the abundant life, I have unfortunately seen the still kill and destroy a lot. And then, of course, the abundant life. But unfortunately, I feel like more and more I'm not seeing the abundant life piece in people. I worked in the mental health field for 20 years. I was working as a nurse in an inpatient psychiatric hospital. Wow, intense. Yeah, and it was, and I loved being able to work with people, and but it wasn't always a happy ending. And sometimes, you know, I would see people get help in all of that. You know, and then I was a kids pastor for 25 years as well. So as you can see, my heart really is, you know, to help people be the, you know, spiritually, physically, mentally, the healthiest that they can possibly be. And so, The Enneagram is a tool to do that. And again, 
I, like I said, partnering that with the gospel and the Enneagram under, of the understanding, a person understanding themselves, I see that people now have the potential to walk in freedom and that abundant life like that verse describes. Because over the years, I have seen, I have watched the enemy steal and kill and destroy many lives in the sense of marriages. You know, I'm seeing marriages breaking up. I'm seeing people step out of ministry that, you know, felt called to full-time ministry. Just kids that they don't fit in. And so they're being bullied. I mean, all of those things, I can I see that the Enneagram and the gospel, again, has the power to set people free, to, you know, to walk in that abundant life. And when we think about that freedom, as you know, Christ paid a hefty price for that freedom, right? Yes, He definitely. died on the cross for us. And why? So that power, that, that power, he died on the cross, but he was rose from the dead. That power lives inside of us. And yet we don't live like that. You know, mm. I feel like we so often are walking around defeated and understanding how God created us to be. And then to have that peace be the power that works inside of us, the freedom that can be in that. And I know I keep repeating myself with freedom and fullness of life, but I feel like there's so many people that are walking around the opposite. That's your mission. Yes, that's, that's mission. my mission. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely in my mission. So that passion, when I started to see that marrying the two could start to see more of that second half of John 10.10 mm-hmm. instead of the first half yes. of John 10.10. Uh-huh. 10. That's so good. You mentioned in that you were a children's pastor for 25 years. Bless mm-hmm. your soul because uh, I don't have any children. And I see uh, when going to church all the wonderful, amazing volunteers and pastors that we have at our church that work with children. So first of all, thank you for all of that. Mm-hmm. You're raising up champion children and all of that. But you, when we first met and had that coffee that we talked about, you were talking about how you were going to make a transition coming up mm-hmm. into going into coaching the Enneagram. And that's a big transition to take place. 25 years of doing something and then moving into something... How does that work for you? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I told God a lot was, God, that's a big transition. Are you sure you want me to do this? But that, when I felt like he was calling me out of the church to come alongside people who work in the church and, you know, again, attendees, parents, that kind of thing, obedience isn't optional, is it? Like, we have to... I mean, I know there are plenty of times that we aren't obedient, but in this case, I literally could not sleep at night because I was wrestling with God over this. But in that, he was birthing what this next season would look like. Yes. And to be honest, I know there are a lot of people are looking at me just like, you're crazy. Like, why would you leave a ministry you love for a church you love, for a paycheck you love, to be perfectly honest? The security's there. (laughs) You love it, obviously, because you've been doing it for so long. But yeah, that's, I'm sure you got a lot of that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if I, I, I would say the turning point for me when I said, I thought this is what I have to do was, uh, six or, well, within the past year, there have been two pastors who have taken their lives. And I remember back in February, the second pastor who I, I don't remember what church he was a part of, but he committed suicide. And I remember reading the article and thinking, I get it. Like there was that part of me that, not that I am saying suicide is an option or okay, 
But I get what it feels like to be so burned out. I get what it feels like to feel like I just don't have what it takes to do this, you know, heavy calling that's on my life. And in that, I also have known the struggle of feeling like I I never measured up. You know, as people, so often we compare ourselves to other people or whatever that may be. And in ministry, I was doing that a lot. And I think, you know, there's obviously a lot more to why someone steps out of ministry. But gosh, Ryan, it is alarming, like thousands of people that are step pastors that are stepping out of full-time ministry, you know, whether it's for moral failure or just burnout or you know, some of the same stuff, feeling like they don't measure up, all of those things. So that night when I heard that with that pastor, I just thought, God, you've given this call to me. You've given this tool to me. And, and it's one tool. It's a tool. It's not the only tool, but it's a powerful tool. That, that's a good thing you just said there, because I think people that really get really wrapped up and passionate with the Enneagram a lot of stuff just kind of gets in the peripheral vision and they don't see that there's other stuff that still works and it's still good. And it's like the Enneagram becomes the only thing. Right. So I'm glad you said that because people need to realize that. So yeah, Yeah. it's, it's a, it's a tool, but it's a supplement to go in with other stuff that is already working as well. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. again, with the power of the gospel as well. So, so all of those things were, that's what was that driving forced to go have that conversation, resign from your position, because I'm calling you out to do something that looks looks similar in the sense of even just working in the mental health field and pastoring. Right. It's just in a different capacity now. And So what, what does this look like for you now that you are a certified coach and you've stepped out and you've done this? What's that been looking like for you as far as uh, being able to connect with people, coach people, your experience in that so far, how it's actually helped people. Because I think a lot of people can just go on and they can Google stuff and they can find out about their type and like, why do I need training or coaching or understanding this more? Mm-hmm. You're right. And I think that, that really where the difference is, is you're right. We can Google all of this and we can get a lot of different views and opinions and books and all of that. But really, that is the piece that's knowledge-based. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're learning it. You it, you know it. and But the piece of working through where you're actually doing the self-discovery and doing yes. the work, that's where coaching comes in. Because I have to tell you, when I found out about my type and started looking back on past behaviors and all of this stuff, it was like you know, pulling back a sheet and looking under your bed and going, oh my gosh, look at all the junk that's under there. (laughs) And I remember telling Kelly and other people as well, I need a counselor. Like so much stuff is coming up with this that I feel like I need to go talk to somebody. Well, it wasn't going to do me any good to go talk to a counselor who knew nothing about the Enneagram. Right. There's no relation there. Right. Yeah. I mean, they could say, oh, yeah, you know, let's talk about that. But for me, I needed someone who understood my type and how to direct me through that. Because, and I'm sure you know this too, Ryan, when you first really soak in your type, it's, it's not pretty, right? No, because, again, it exposes the false self. Yes. It yes. exposes all of the things that you would consider wrong about yourself or the mask that you put on and that's not a fun thing to deal with at all no yeah yeah Yeah. and a lot of times when we expose that stuff we go back to our old ways of defending against Mm -hmm. it now now we're going to put that mask up yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. to put that mask up 
And so I, my hope is as a coach and why I spent literally thousands of dollars to go be certified as a coach was so that I can be a guide to take people through, you know, the, the process of that. I was thinking about how I'm always wanting to lose weight. And I think about when I'm, you know, I Google, a, let's say a personal coach and I'm one that always reads the reviews on coaches or anything for yeah. that matter before I buy it. What do people it. say about this? Yes. That's right. And, um, and I can find a person, I'm like, that's great. And these people are losing all this weight and all of that. But if I never pick up the phone and call and make that call and say, okay, walk me through this. I know this is going to hurt. My muscles are going to be sore. I'm not going to be able to eat what I want. But you're, as a you know, a personal coach or trainer, you're going to walk me through this and you're going to make sure I'm accountable to it. That is so good. Yeah. That's yes. what I see a coach, uh, an Enneagram coach doing mm-hmm. is coming alongside and asking the hard questions and just really moving forward in that process. We'll continue next time with our conversation with Lynette. We'll get into more about her as an Enneagram 8 and, of course, continue this conversation on how the Enneagram will transform your life. Thanks again for subscribing and sharing this. You can follow us on social media at Enneagram Enthusiast. You can email us at EnneagramEnthusiast at gmail.com. And until next time, remember, the greatest gift you can give someone is the best version of yourself.